What's up, guys? It's Cooper Webb, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Darkside here with another episode of the Moto X-Pod Show. This week it's episode 153, brought to you by Torque One Racing, our title sponsor who's providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, just like you and I, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, check out Shock Socks, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, uh, All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricant Oils, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Acherbies, X Brand Goggles, and Williams Moto Works all on board with us. Once again, guys, hey, I brought this up last week. My buddy Aaron Smith, BSM Paint Works, uh, you know, having some uh, medical issues we're dealing with. We're doing the, the benefit ride day at Cycle Ranch. March 29th. Check that out. There's uh, stuff up on Facebook. I think it's on my Facebook. We'll be posting it on Instagram. If you guys are in the area and can make it out to come support and help him out, please do that. And also, if you guys want to contribute, at Aaron253Smith at Gmail is the way on PayPal. So hit him up, man. If you can do anything to contribute, bills are stacking up. You know, he's struggling, man, uh, with the dialysis and all the stuff he's got going on. So yeah, please get involved with that. Uh, great show tonight. We have Hep Suzuki's uh, at Blake McCarthy. He's currently the mechanic for Kyle Cunningham. Wes Williams, who's the producer of Red Bull Moto Spy videos. Uh, those things are fantastic. And of course, Brett Duffy, the Honda HRC mechanic for Justin Brayton. All going to be on tonight. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about Arlington, the Triple Crown. We'll try to get TJ on here shortly. But you guys hang tight. We're going to get into this and also... be paying attention to a uh, giveaway next week that or i think to be the new fly racing youth apparel uh that should be coming up next week we're going to talk about that and hey, i want to mention we i tried to do a giveaway on instagram on our instagram page for blood lubricants um a lot of you guys liked it but not a single entry i don't understand so please help me understand. Email us at uh, motoxpodshow at gmail.com and why maybe some of these contests aren't uh, getting more, you know, more of you guys involved. Tell me what's up, what we need to do different. But anyway, we'll be right back with DJ TJ. All right, guys, I got DJ TJ on the line. We're gonna do, uh, we're gonna discuss Arlington a little bit. What's up, TJ? What's up, man? Not much, not much. You were uh, once again out of town working this weekend. Didn't didn't make it to our home Supercross race, but tons of action. Well, I would like to say for the record that I probably, well, it was a triple crown, so I may have come out for the day program, but I dang sure wouldn't have been sitting in the stadium for the main events because they just did a great job on the TV. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just go there. The TV package is pretty fantastic, no doubt. 
Um, well, let's talk about it, man. We're, we're just uh, a lot of action this weekend, and unfortunately, a lot of carnage, man. We lost uh, not necessarily for the series, but we had a lot of riders go down, including Ben LeMay, who was his first ride back. Um, did some damage to his thumb. He thinks maybe uh, some some uh, not cartilage, some tendons, possibly. Uh, haven't heard. We yeah. lost Brock Tickle in his second ride back with a broken hand. Cooper, obviously, with his nasty crash. Um, thankfully, no major injuries. Adam Cincerillo with a collarbone. Um, God, I feel like I'm missing somebody, and I probably am. Well, well, we can talk about that for a second because from the TV, you're there at the stadium. You're watching all the things. You're paying attention to what's going on and that kind of stuff. And from the TV, there was nothing about the track that seemed that was complete sketch. Now, I would say dragon backs are always kind of sketchy, mm-hmm. but nothing from the TV stood out going, I can't believe they did this to the tracker. Was it that? Was it the speed? That, what did you well, see here's what there t- that they didn't show on TV? From being there and seeing what I saw, first of all, the track was deceiving. It looked like it should be really grippy and a lot of traction, like our red dirt here typically is. But what it really was was kind of marbly on top and then dry slick underneath. So okay. there were some traction issues. A lot of the riders spoke up about that. And then, um, you know, the dragon back, dragon's back did bite some guys, obviously, uh, mainly AC and Cooper Webb. Um, and I think uh, Dakotas, I think, actually maybe crashed there too. Uh, and the general yeah. consensus on that from the riders on that dragon's back was that it was a little too fast. Uh, Kyle Chisholm told me post-race that it was built – like closer to a 45 when it maybe should have been a little bit steeper to slow them down and pop them up. But uh-huh. they were hitting it fast. And all the guys in the press conference said the top the top hump, which I believe was the fifth one, was too low. Right. So, you know, they were kind of skipping over it at times. And if you watch AC and Cooper's crash, they kind of, you know, endowed, right? They, they went nose down. Uh, over that double, that was a pretty good gap after d- off the uh-huh. dragon's back, and then you know they nose wheelied into the face of the triple, or nose wheelied right. off the face of the triple. Um, yeah. So you know, there's a, there's some different opinions that I've heard. Um, one is they they probably need to slow the track down, the dragon's back down. I, I was Chiz's opinion, uh, maybe steeper, like I said. Uh-huh. Uh, and then all the riders felt like that top hump needs to be taller than the rest of them. Um, I, right. I'm not riding the track, but I, I would assume most of the riders probably know what they're talking about. But then, you know, you have those guys that say, well, it's the track is the track. Uh, you know, you need to adjust to that. So, all right. So let's get your thoughts, man. I mean, yeah, you could slow down, right? You could slow down knowing the track is what it is, but then as soon as you slow down and your competition decides, well, I'm not going to slow down, I'm not going to play it safe. Then you're losing time. So you really can't do that. Well- well, you look at it as in like the whoops. Sometimes okay. the whoops are kind of, I'll call them, ha- not, I'm not using Dallas in particular, but sometimes the whoops are kind of halfway broke down. Yeah. And they are blitzable. And it is faster to blitz them, but it's a little more sketchy. So you give up a half a second, and in whoops, maybe more than that, to double or jump through them, triple through them or whatever, to for something consistent. I mean, how much time were the guys because on TV they didn't show it how much time were the guys who were able to like jump up and, and over and off really giving up 
maybe an eighth of a second, half a second well, at most. Pretty much all of them were jumping up and over like they were supposed to. Unfortunately, a couple guys just, you know, Cooper and AC primarily just made a slight little mistake. No, no, no. Those guys, but those guys were blitzing up it. Oh, I crashed. see what you're saying, yeah. You know, on, okay, so from so, where I was sitting, the Dragon's back was actually blocked by the scoring tower and finish line. Okay. So I couldn't see the actual how they were hitting the Dragon's back. I missed and I haven't yeah. watched the race back yet. So I can't I can't answer that question. Um but I, again, I think the track is the track and you have to race yeah. the track, right? So if you decide exactly. if you're, so you Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say if you're Adam C. and Cirillo or Cooper Webb or any of the guys and you decide I'm going balls out, I'm going 100% with, uh, you know, uh, intensity, then you know that you're going to have that possibility of making a mistake. And, and it bit them. It bit those two guys, yeah. um, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I don't know that Eli and Kenny were, like, going, okay, I'm going to go 95%. I, I think maybe it just didn't bite them. Right. But, and, that, and that's kind of that's what I was saying is is if it's so sketchy and all these riders were talking about how sketchy it was at that point in time, you as a racer have to make a decision. I'm going to give up a half to an eighth of a second here, and I'm going to jump on, jump off instead of blitz up them. Yeah, but well, okay. And, so you just said half a second, right, per lap. So you think how many laps? I don't know what the total number of laps is for the night, but by the end of the night, you're talking about. 15 seconds behind. I mean, you can't do that if you're... Okay. Go ahead. AC, you ask AC right now. Would you give up half a second of lap right now to still be in this hunt? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you, you know, realistically you'd say yes, but then I, I bet he would also say, but you can't think like that. You have to go. Yeah, and then and that's like Kenny and... um what's it called? Um, Eli, yeah. they made the decision to keep pushing and it right. didn't bite them. No, you're right. And I saw Ken, I, I saw Eli get swapped on it one time. Yeah. Yeah. But he sure. just kept doing it. And, and that's the risk. And that's what I'm saying is a risk to reward. Yeah. The track is it. There's look at Stewart back in the day, there'd be a quad that only he is doing that sometimes would bite him. <laughs> a lot of times. Now, <laughs> fair enough. But this situation wasn't so big that it was something that not everybody could do. It's just a decision they have to make. And yeah, yeah. yes, the track can be designed better, but the hindsight is the track is the track. You race it how you race it. You come out of there with a second, third, fourth place, and you live to fight another day kind of deal. Right. Well, all right. So this 450 championship hunt, man, we have had um, a hell of a, a season so far. It's been very tight. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Cooper Webb, quite honestly, I think it, without the the illness and the performance at St. Louis, might have been your points leader. Um, and, right. you know, and then unfortunately at Arlington, he hits the ground and, you know, he still got some points, but he, he's down. Uh, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but um, is he out of this thing? No. Okay. That's that's pretty sure. No, because, because Kenny and Eli have not – really shown that they're a hundred percent you know reliable uh unable uh, you know able to do this to the end they they haven't shown it from the outside looking in sure there's always that they're going to probably throw another one away now how bad eli's really good at having a bad race and most of the time being able to get back up 
yeah, yeah. towards the front. Yeah. A bad start, but that that bites you. you yeah, know, history. Sooner or later, somebody crashes in front of you. It's not even your fault. You don't get a good start. Your wheel's jammed up in the back wheel of somebody, and this whole thing flips over again. The best thing that happened to Cooper was that this was a triple crown. Exactly. Had, yes. Had this happened, had that wreck happened to at a um, regular race, yeah, he could possibly be out of it. He'll look back at this and be glad it was a triple crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, okay, so and Jason Anderson, uh, quietly, I talked about to him on, in the press conference about this, quietly consistent, uh, you know, just kind of right there, you know, not necessarily getting a lot of hype this season, uh, but just being Jason Anderson. He, he told me that's the way I like it. I like to kind of be under the radar. But he's also a guy that is right there and could easily take advantage of any mistakes that any of the other two, you know, Kenny and Eli, uh, make, you know, and be right back in the title points chase instantly almost. Isn't this exactly how he won his championship? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. It, it takes Cooper Webb wadding up at a race that's not a deal. Eli missing a round or you know, whatever. This is how he won his championship. That's same way Dungey won so many of them. Not always the fastest guy, but always consistent. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, okay. you don't think of that when you think of Anderson because you watch him ride and you're like, this guy's going to die any minute. <laughs> and But he that's just how he rides, you know? Right. Yeah, he uh, he took out a, uh, a, a, a herd, a $50,000 camera. I actually saw him hit the camera. But I heard it was fifty grand, um, and he almost well he did. He took out one of the Alpine Star medical personnel off the side of the track. Um, yeah, uh-huh. took a, took a few guys out throughout the weekend, throughout Friday, Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, just typical Jason Anderson, just uh, cool as cool as a cucumber. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so two fifty East round two, uh, Chase Sexton insanely fast in the whoops. Uh, like unreal compared to the other guys. Uh, how how much did that show on TV? It it showed like quite like like a lot how his speed. And I will say I haven't listened to any of the podcasts this week, so I don't know what other people are saying. But what other podcasts? Yeah, exactly. Is the East like not like unbelievably stacked? Like it seems like like there's like there's a good chance. Yes, Chase. Is and we have a couple of guys there up front, but I, I mean, there's a lot of fight in this East Coast class. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, R.J. Hampshire uh, takes out Chase Sexton. You know, not in a certainly not the <laughs> most aggressive uh, pass we've ever seen, but you know, takes him out. Uh, you know, he basically said, "Hey, he had it coming," but I think he also knew how fast Chase was, and he had to do something to keep him behind him and it didn't work, which was even more impressive on Chase's part. But yeah, RJ's got some fight. Uh McElrath is obviously uh you know banging bars with Jordan Smith and some of the other guys. These guys are not they don't want to be uh second place by any means. They're they're trying to get out front and establish themselves as a champ, champ the championship contender. And um so without getting hurt, can you have a worse night than Pro Circuit had with their rider? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I wondered if like half the field just had some kind of vendetta against uh, Jordan because you know watching it live, I was like, oh, he's down again. Oh, he got taken out. 
you know, I think it was McElrath that knocked him off the track coming, you know, across yeah. the start line. And I was like, good gosh. Same with though, you know, back to the 450, same with Martin Davalos. I mean, how many times can you crash in one night? We didn't see it once on TV. Oh, that's terrible. That sucks. Cause we saw it. Yeah. I, we, Cooksey and I were sitting next to each other and it was like, Oh, Martin's down again. Uh, Jordan's down again. Uh, oh, and, and I had Martin in fantasy. So beginning, <laughs> beginning the first quote unquote main, he had 52 uh-huh. points. I was like, yeah. Oh, no, he's yeah. down to 12. Oh, he crashed well, again. Had, yeah, I was the same way with Smith. That was my all-star. So yeah, I turned I, my I laptop exactly off in the, second heat, in the second mains because when Martin <laughs> crashed for the uh, 57th time, I was just like, forget it. And then I, I told you, and I, I don't, I guess I'll say it publicly, somehow during, while picking, making my picks, uh, walking through the pits around 6.30 p.m., I was walking out to go meet Amber, who had just gotten there, and I was editing my picks. So I'm walking through the pits. People are saying hi. I'm saying hi. And I'm looking at my 450s, and somehow I clicked on Jerry Robin. Don't remember it. Because Jerry's going to Jerry, right? And that's what you just thought. Oh, yeah, Jerry's a good uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't make the mains. <laughs> Why would I pick him? I know. I was making a joke. Yeah, I know you were, but I was just uh, like I, – I didn't even realize it because it's not who I meant to pick. So I didn't check yeah. again before the races started. I just turned my laptop did, on, and I'm on you know the who, fantasy page. And when the 450s go, I only have three guys highlighted. I'm like, w- what happened? Was was Jerry's name next to somebody you meant to click on? I don't even know because I don't remember who I was changing it to. There was so much. You know how hectic I get when I'm uh, at the Supercross yep. races. So I I mean I literally had just got done talking to Brock Tickle, and I was texting with Amber to where she was going to meet me and I'm walking out there and I'm like, Oh, I need to check these real quick. And I decided to drop somebody and I don't even remember who the hell I dropped to be honest. It, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It does, It's, it's kind of like my crash at cycle ranch. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> at least Bradshaw wasn't involved in this. Yeah, one. I didn't, I didn't pick Damon. I know that <laughs> anyway. So back to Arlington though, um, a lot of laps, right? A lot of, when you look at the time breakdown, they're on the track quite a bit more. Uh, as fans, I'm still on board with the Triple Crowns. Uh, the writers typically don't love them. John Short actually said he loved it. That was cool. Our boy John Short doing well yeah. this weekend. Um, right, right. But so as a series, does Feld stick with uh, the Triple Crowns three a year? Is that enough? Too many? Go, should they go away? What do you think? I mean, as a fan, it's awesome. I I will say sometimes on TV there's a there's a bit of commercial. A dead, they got to pay for the TV stuff. Yeah. Huh? Like a dead period almost. There's a dead period, and there's ways that they could fill that in with uh, some other racing possibly. Um, but for the people there, but I mean on TV you got to pay for it. You got you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. As far as the racing goes, I like it. I mean, is when you add in the heat races that they do. And the main event, I don't think it's that much more, is it? Like five minutes, six minutes? Well, that's a lot, though, at main event pace. You know, it's a lot more laps, which, you know, to me, as somebody that doesn't race, I go, who cares how many laps it is? It's more of the time. But mentally, for them, I think lap after lap after lap, I think it does probably, you know, whether you do, if you do five laps on a short track or 150 or 150 on a short track, 
that I, what yeah, I'm about I to say doesn't make you know yeah. you could do 150 laps minutes. or 50 laps if it's the same amount of time it sh- seems like it shouldn't exhaust you anymore if the time's the same but mentally yeah. it does I think it makes the track a bit harder because of the um because of the track the, the track breaks down yeah the de- you know deterioration I mean? sure but other than that I mean I, that doesn't I mean that if they make a change tomorrow and say that everybody's riding 300s, people, some people will write, but a year or so later, they'll forget about it. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, right, right. They've made changes when they used to have like multiple races to get in. You'd have like, they had the, the like two heats per class or what did they call them? I don't even remember what they call them now, but like they take the top four and then the next one, they would take the next four. You know what I'm talking about? My brain's full of blank on me. You're talking about the but semis? Of, yeah, they had semis and they had all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it changes. That, that that doesn't bother me. I like this setup. I don't okay. think the 250s should do it. Ah. Uh, okay. I, I think that I think the 250s should just do their just you know you know that way they could fill it in somehow. Right. I don't. I think it's kind of crazy. I think the West Coast does multiple of these and the east coast does one yeah it's not even that like i think they should do one of the shootouts as a triple crown that way it's even that yeah or something along those lines but yeah I, there's there there could be tweaks but yeah i yeah. like it i mean yeah okay. i don't i i, I like it i like right. seeing the racers race and how can you dislike that yeah I, i'm with you as a fan i'm with you um all right, well, we're going to wrap this up tonight. Uh, we're on to Arlington next week, uh, or Arlington, on to Atlanta next week, and uh, that's that should be good, man. It's going to be a good race. I'm looking forward to seeing Cooper Webb back at it and see, uh, you know, he's probably going to be sore, but knowing Cooper Webb, he may win this thing. Yeah, I was about to say, that actually probably going to make Cooper Webb win next weekend. It's right. like literally what I was about to say, so. Well, it's going to be exciting, TJ. Man, get uh get your ass back to Texas, East Texas, and in the studio next week. Oh, sounds good, man. All right, thanks, man. Later. All right, hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben Lemay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to best dress, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray, and if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. 
All you gotta do is go to AcheribeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. All right, here we are with the first guest of the night, which is brought to you by Blood Lubricant. Blood Lubricant oil lines were created to bring out the highest quality and highest level performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oils to fit your needs, as well as chain lubes, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs today. Blood Lubricants tonight brings us Mr. Blake McCarthy, Hep Suzuki's uh, mechanic for Kyle Cunningham. What's up, Blake? Oh, what's up, man? Just hanging out. Yeah, you uh, you had a pretty decent weekend this weekend. I mean, I know uh, Kyle. You know, he he's had a few ups and downs this season, but as as far as uh, working with him, how's that going? Yeah, it's been pretty good, actually. You know, we just uh, he's just getting the box setup stuff going, and you know, he's been uh, been training super hard. Um, you know, just trying to figure everything out. You know, this uh, four fifty class is super stacked, so we're just <laughs> trying to do what we can. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's one of those years, we say that every year going in, like, it's going to be stacked, but this year is unreal, the number of just, you know, like, past champions and, and, uh, you know, factory riders, so for anybody on a quote-unquote privateer team, a non-factory team that makes, even makes it into the mains is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, exactly, we try to do anything we can to try to get in there. Yeah. So, uh, let's get a little bit of your background, man. Obviously, uh, you guys can hear the accent, you're originally from Australia, uh, which seems to you know breathe the nicest human beings on the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know uh, what? What originally kind of got you into moto? You know, what I mean, I know you from a little bit I read about you. You, you kind of honed some mechanic your mechanic skills in Australia, but where'd that originally come from? Uh, so it originally came from I came basically straight out of high school, um, and I was basically an, uh, through an apprenticeship. So it's all paid for schooling and everything like that. It's about four years. Um, and I was washing boats, bikes, like all kinds of stuff, like in the first couple of years and then started getting into engine building, started to get more in the dirt bike side of things. Um, I raced, but like, you know, before I did any of this, so yeah, so I had a pretty decent history of stuff. Um, and then I've been back and forth here from 13. I used to live here in 13. I was actually Ben LeMay's mechanic, uh, on Cycle Trader Rock River and, uh, basically just kicked off from there, man. Just trying to put one foot forward at a, at a time and then end up getting a, you know, a full-time gig over here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was Justin Vogel's practice mechanic for two years. Uh, you know, I worked on RCH. I worked with Factory Honda, uh, you know, a couple of privateer guys. And, uh, you know, I worked with AJE last year. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. And yeah. then I uh, stepped up to the 450 class with, uh, with Kyle. Yeah, you worked with Justin Starling last year, which uh, I've come to know Justin pretty well. He's a great dude. Um, yeah, but yeah. when you, you, you did this apprentice program in Australia, did they help get your foot in the door that led to the cycle trader deal or did you work that deal yourself? How does all. that happen? Okay. Yeah, so how, do, how do you myself. get, yeah. how do you work a deal? Cause, um, I mean, did you come to the United States without any, uh, you know, basically without a job or did you work that deal from overseas and make it happen before you moved? Well, I did the first year because one of my other buddies, Scott Lewis, is actually a factory Honda mechanic in Australia working for Metcalf. Uh, he actually got my foot in the door in 2013, and then uh, I pretty much paid my own way, and I came home, and I figured that's what I wanted to do. So I just uh, saved up some money and just sent it over here, and I spoke to Christina Denny, and she offered me a job, and 
it was kind of just the, got the ball rolling from there. And then ever since then, I've never looked back. Christina is rad. I, I'll be, I, man, I have to be honest. I am so bummed that they are not in the pits this year. Yeah, I see them walking around, but they look definitely different with that Yamaha gear on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, so they're there. I haven't seen them. They're. I didn't even realize they were there. Yeah, yeah, I seen them at uh, St. Louis. They oh, okay. Gear, so. Okay, that's why. Yeah, that's why I haven't. I, I thought you meant they'd been at a few races, and I, I haven't seen them any of the ones I was at. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still doing the uh, the graphics, obviously, but just not part of the Cycle Trader or the Rock River team anymore. Yeah, exactly. They're. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not like they're pretty much focused on all of that now. So yeah, I mean, you know, seeing them, it's you know, I've spent a lot of time with them. They're good people. So right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so I, I mentioned a minute ago, just sort of joking about how nice all the Australians seem to be. Um, talk about you know just being from Australia, growing up over there. Uh, is that I, I don't know how to word it, but I mean, it does seem like all the Australians I meet are very, very friendly. Is that just part of the culture? Is there something different with the way you guys were raised or the way the belief system? Uh, you know, why why does it seem like everybody's so friendly? You we're uh, we like to have a good time, and we <laughs> you know we like to inflict that on others. So, I mean. You know, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, my dad had a good time when he was a kid and, you know, sort of just passed it on in generations. But, yeah, definitely Australians are, you know, I, I, everyone tells me that, like, you know, it's it's hard for someone, you know, to not uh, to not like you. That's for yeah. sure if you're definitely from another country. You're, you're open with, you know, you're welcome with open arms here. So Yeah, well, unless you're French, unfortunately, seems to be <laughs> seems the, the, yeah. the one exception. Uh, I feel bad for... Uh, Dylan Ferrandez and Marvin Muscan quite often, but um, all right. So your gig, you, you mentioned working for RCH and Factory Honda. Um, you know, obviously Factory Honda is one of those kind of they're almost the pinnacle of R and D, uh, and you know the options they have, and just you know that that Honda is always kind of considered one of the the great companies. What's it like working for a team like that? And what did you do at Honda, at Factory Honda? So I was Bogle's factory mechanic, and he had that Geico deal. So oh, it was basically yeah. it was it was a it was a factory 450. So uh, I basically just kept that thing running, you know. And uh, I was in Oklahoma working on it as well. So I didn't really do a lot at factory Honda uh, per se. I just mostly did it out of state and in California. Gotcha. We do testing and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really work a whole bunch with them, like side by side, like in 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 house, you know. Right. But, right. I definitely, uh, definitely seen my way around one of those things with engine swaps and suspension changes. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, there's a bunch of options that you know you don't even get to see because there's just so many of them. Right. So, over your career, like you mentioned, working with Ben LeMay, who's a friend of ours, uh, you worked with Bryce Stewart. Uh, I think you you at least helped out a little bit with Chiz. I, you weren't Chiz's mechanic last when you you helped with A Ray and Chiz at HEPA at some point, correct? Yeah, I built both of their race bikes. Okay. And I built Adam's race bike, too. Yeah. Okay. But so, and then, of course, uh, Justin Starling and this year, Kyle uh, Cunningham. Give me a, tell yeah. me, I'm going to ask you to blow somebody out. Who is the hardest on bikes? I think I already know the answer, but. I think, yeah, A-Ray for sure. <laughs> Clutches? Oh, Clutch, he's a Clutch Master. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta use a lot of clutch to keep that thing uh, ripping across the whoops, you know, and and keep it straight. So yeah, A Ray, uh, A Ray is a character for sure. Yeah, I like A Ray a lot. He's, uh, 
you know, he he's done some great things, you know, Roads for Factory Yamaha and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know nothing but respect for that, dude. He's actually doing really well on that uh, Kawasaki team, so I'm pretty pumped for him. Yeah, I am too. Um, all right, so Cunningham this year, what what's it like working with Kyle? Um, I've known him for a number of years, but you know, is he finicky about stuff? What's the most difficult thing getting a bike ready for him? Uh, mainly just suspension setup. Like he knows what he wants, and he knows what he likes. So that's kind of where you kind of you got to lay the ground with him. Um, but other than that, you know, I like a challenge, so it never really never really bothered me. And I've known Kyle for a long time. He was on JGR when I was on RCH testing right, the same sort right. of stuff. So we, we've got a pretty broad horizon of you know parts like knowledge. Sure. So he's uh, he's definitely. He's definitely a character, that's for sure. I like him a lot. You know, <laughs> with him right now in Texas, and uh, yeah, you know, he's definitely knows what he likes and knows what he wants. So that's kind of key for this industry, I guess. Does that make it easier on you, so you're not having to search for something, or or sometimes is that a little more stressful because because they are maybe a little bit pickier? Uh, it's not so much stressful. It's definitely definitely a worry when you're like oh man i hope we have all the stuff like mm-hmm. I hope we can get this figured out you know and he likes crypto nuts a certain way and you know he likes you know every rider is different but sure he's uh he knows what he wants so it's kind of easy good deal um as far we i've heard the stories you know read the articles on on guys over the years you know mathis has talked about it plenty of times of you know basically starting out a mechanic making no money you got to earn your way you got to you got to get your foot in the door uh, he talked about, you know, sleeping in the shop, you know, when he first started out because he didn't have any money. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're not, you know, making millions uh, over there at HEP. Uh, you have to be doing it a lot for the love of it. Um, what's the biggest struggle? Uh, you know, again, HEP is not a factory team. They have a lot of resources, but, you know, not obviously not a factory team. What's what's the biggest struggle for you just in a personal life as being a full-time mechanic? The biggest thing for me is like like you said, I'm I'm Australian, so it's super hard to get your foot in the door. And once you have your foot in the door, you really can't burn any bridges. Um, you know, I've lived in a shop before. I've you know went a couple of days without showering. I had to you know go to the gym to shower. It was, yeah. it was a rough time. But once you have all the once you have everything figured out, it's actually not that bad. But yeah, like you said, I'm not making millions, but I'm definitely <laughs> definitely own enough to keep my my worth over here. Um, what do you think about the travel? Is that something you enjoy going city to city all, you know, on the road all the time, meeting new people? Yeah, I do. I actually enjoy that a lot. And, uh, my chick comes along with me too. So, I mean, it's kind of nice that we can sort of spend the weekends together and fly in and out and see some cities and some other culture. It's actually quite nice. Yeah. I was going to, I didn't realize that your chick was with you all the time. I mean, I know a lot of the guys, uh, you know, the, the, especially some of the mechanics, they can get pretty wild in the evenings. But if you got that, uh, you're kind of grounded with your chick. That probably does make things a lot, at least more stable. And you have, yeah, I, I definitely am one that enjoys spending the weekends with my chick at the races and doing things like that. I, I think that makes life a lot better. Hashtag home life. Oh, it does for sure. Absolutely, it does. Um, so let's get to know you a little bit more, man. Well, other than being a motocross mechanic, what are your what are your interests? What are your hobbies? What are you into? Uh, I do enjoy a snowboard. That's uh, that's pretty well known. Uh, I like anything board sports. Um, I'm not really into NASCAR or nothing like that, or football or anything like that. But definitely, if I got, if it's you know something fun, yeah. and you know it's it doesn't cost that much, you know, it's <laughs> a good time. <laughs> yeah. What did you ch- get a chance to check out any of those uh, the BMX guys this weekend in Arlington over there? 
You know, I did, and uh, one of my like my roommate Andy Buckworth, he actually is friends with uh, Larry Edgar, so okay. he was shredding too. And I was watching him a little bit, but it's super hard to step away from the rig for a certain amount of time. But sure. I was able to like ride past it and check it out a little bit, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, I like when they have stuff like that at the races. Uh, I, I'm I've been riding a little BMX, street BMX, not any good. Just been kind of hanging out with my buddies for some exercise and watching those guys, man. I mean, it's it's just another one of those sort of like Supercross and motocross. Those guys just yeah, have it's that just a, skill, it's a burst that, of energy that you you can't train in the gym for it. It's just yeah, got to have you got to have a spot to do it. You know, absolutely. Um, what about music, man? What kind of music are you into? Dude, I listen to actually a little bit of everything. I know you probably get that a lot, but yeah. um, I listen to a lot of stuff. And uh, I've actually been been getting into a little bit of like heavy, like more heavy metal kind of stuff lately. Um, one of my buddies, who was actually team manager last year, AJ, his son is the guitarist for So It Begins. Okay. Um, so me and him are pretty close. So we we talk all the time, and I listen to his music a lot. And uh, and there's another dude that does all like uh, loop like loop songs, which is called Mark Rubier. Okay. And, uh, he's actually pretty fun to listen to as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a metal guy, so I'm down with that answer. That's a good answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. You go any? Have you been to any concerts? Is that something you got the, any chance to do ever? Oh uh, yeah, I've been you know to a bunch of Parkway Drive concerts, uh, Alexis on Fire concerts. I've been to a bunch of stuff like that in Oz. Um, here, not so much, but I'm okay. looking forward to getting to some here in the near, near future. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorite things to do when I have some free time. Um, all right, let's. How about uh, differences between Australia and America? What's something that you like better in the United States, and what's something that's better in Australia? Better in Australia is probably beaches, and, you know, just uh, the beach life is actually pretty decent at home. Um, you know, everything's cleaner here. <laughs> they, 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 have, they both have pros and cons, but sure. here I do enjoy, like, the people and, uh, you know, like you said, traveling and meeting new people, people from the south, people from the north. Everyone's different here. We're at home. Everyone's kind of just laid back having a good time like you know that's that's around a lot but here it's everyone's different everyone likes different stuff so yeah. you're always constantly doing something different so it's it's been super fun here man i actually really love it here well man i'm glad dude. I'm, I'm glad i have a chance to you know meet you and get to know you a little bit you're definitely one of the uh the more friendly people well, everybody's always friendly in the pits but like you always come say hi or you know speak up when i walk by man and it's been pretty cool to uh, yeah, get a you, chance. You bring, you bring donuts, boss, dude, man. So that's <laughs> Is a, that why you say hi? Because I bring me. the donuts? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, yeah, people, I've had some guys, you know, in the in the industry be like, why are you always bringing donuts? I'm like, dude, man, the mechanics and the, the, the team guys love it, and that gets my foot in the door, you know? <laughs> and, hell yeah. Exactly. That's how you met, man. Yeah, it yeah. works. <laughs> Well, before I let you go, man, what is uh, what's a goal for you in your career? Um, you know, I'm sure you're you're happy at HEP, but like, what what would be the dream job for Blake? Dream job for me, I would actually love to stay home and build motors. Oh, like, okay. Know, house and then travel on the weekends to do it. You know, the mechanic thing is super stressful, and you know, it's it's one of those things that I really love doing it. But I also love building motors and tinkering with stuff. Like I enjoy doing that stuff a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but the dream job, like the dream goal for me, like would be to get on a team and win a championship at some point, you know? Yeah, of so course. That's that's, uh, that's the goal, you know? Right. Well, um, yeah, yeah, and then I know those spots probably don't open up very often, but I think as long as, you know, you keep, you're a hard worker, it looks like, and you're showing up and doing that, uh, people, 
in the pits. They learn who you are. They get to know you. It seems to be a pretty small industry, and I'm sure our people are always watching uh, guys like yourself, you know, and uh, my buddy Nick McCampbell over over at MCR, and man, plugging away, doing what's good. And, and Cunningham, man, he's making most of the mains. He struggled there at the beginning. Um, I think that's that that helps too, probably. Yeah, it does definitely. And if uh, if your rider's doing good, then you're kind of doing good with the rider too, you know. Yeah, it's uh. You know, it's one of them things that if, you're, if your rider's doing good, then you're going to make it. And make, like, you're going to do good things. So right on. I've just, we both got our heads screwed on. But, <laughs> you know, coming halfway through the season next week and just trying to keep on plugging away. Absolutely. Well, Blake, man, uh, I appreciate you uh, taking some time for us tonight. And uh, it's really cool to get a chance to talk to you a little bit more than just at the races when I'm you're busy and I'm always busy. So I uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, not a problem, man. I'd love to get back on the show later on and we'll talk about the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll definitely get you back on. We'll, we'll talk some more, maybe get some uh, stories out of you, you know, things gone wrong or, or writer stories or something. We'll definitely get you back on here soon. Oh, for sure, man. I'm definitely down for it. All right, Blake, and I'll uh, I'll see you in Denver, man, in about a month. Perfect, dude. I'll see you there, man. Okay, but got some donuts. Yep, I'll have them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All good, man. See you, dude. See ya. All right. All right, Blake McCarthy again, Hep, Motors, uh, Hep Suzuki. Working for Kyle Cunningham, yeah, cool, cool guy, man. Really, uh, he's he uh, has always been again the, one of the nice guys, man. Just always talking to him, friendly, and has a, seems to have a few minutes to visit. Um, so if you get a chance at any of these upcoming races, go by Hep and uh, hit up Blake, man. Say hi, cool dude. Uh, all right, another commercial, and we'll be back with Wes Williams. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what? What was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. All right, we're back, and our next guest is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle for many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, Kyle Chisholm, and Jacob Hayes. Visit xbrand.com today or hit me up, Darkside, at darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. But tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us Wes Williams, producer for Red Bull Moto Spy Videos. What's up, dude? Dude, you know what I love best about that intro? Like, at first, I was like, holy shit, I thought you would pre-record that and then put it in yeah but then your email is still aol.com which i noticed when you emailed me but i think that's even more impressive that you recite that whole intro and do it spot on and then you also have an aol.com email address dude that's impressive why why does jt and i get made fun of for that i don't understand i've never quite understood why everybody thinks i should like change my email well, you shouldn't. i love it i love it i'm not saying change it i think okay. anybody that still has an aol.com email address badass like they even went out of business and you still got an aol email address yeah man i mean like i i'd have to let everybody know i had a new email why i i love my email 
so good. <laughs> uh, well, not as good as the Red Bull Moto Spy videos, dude. Those things are right. okay. So my only complaint, which I think is probably one of the uh, most common complaints, is they're too short normally, um, <laughs> especially in years past when they're like only ten minutes, um, because yeah, well, they they are addicting. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we um, like luckily for us. Uh, well, I don't know. Luckily for us, last year our our episodes were only supposed to be ten minutes, yeah. and we 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 made them. They, I think they started out at like thirteen, and then it went to like fourteen, and then like <laughs> by the end of the season they were eighteen. And like to be honest with you, we 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 get paid to do ten minutes, so we're like, what the hell are we doing over here? But it was so good. The storyline was so epic. So yeah, we went. When we went back to renegotiate this year, we're like, okay, look, we got to make these things eighteen to twenty minutes. Like, come on, boys, make well, it happen, make it happen. Yeah, so and it, this you, year we're actually sticking in that in that range. So what? We're I think the first one was like twenty, and now it's like twenty four, and the next yep. one another twenty four. So like even even now we're uh, just keep pushing the envelope. Well, in in the in year what? So last year was the second year, correct? And they were ten to twelve starting out and grew. The year before, weren't they even shorter than that, like six to eight yeah, or something? Yeah, it, it, it was a totally different concept when yeah. we first started. Um, I think we started, I don't even know what year it was. It was when Tristan Charbonneau was a, a rookie for Geico. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was our very first episode. But, like, the whole concept then was just, like, a six-minute video at the Nationals following around one dude, like, kind of day in the lifestyle. Yeah. And then uh, and then Red Bull was like, hey, how do, how do we – involve ourselves in supercross a little bit and we're like well why don't we take this motorcycle concept and follow your super badass supercross riders all season and they're like oh that's a great idea well, so obviously obviously last year with uh cooper and ken and marvin it turned out to be quite the uh epic storyline man yeah what an amazing season and a storyline that you guys were able to follow what about like okay so monster is the title sponsor of supercross but yet you guys get insane uh, access to the Monster Energy Supercross with Red Bull. Uh, is there ne- is there not any conflict? Is it no? Is there ever been any complaints? How does that work? To be honest with you, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's it's felt series, and obviously Monster is their title sponsor, and I'm sure they both look at it like, hey, Red Bull wants to come and throw a shitload of money at at promoting our series that has monster all over it. Like yeah. kind of a win, win, win for everybody. Isn't it like give Red Bull access. They're going to spend a bunch of money and do uh, a series that no one else is spending the money to do. Right. So I, I think everybody just must look at it in that light. Right. Well, and, and the fact that you guys don't only cover Red Bull athletes, heck, I mean, you, you, you know, you're definitely, you'll cover Eli and any monster athletes or sometimes a rock star athlete. So I, I, yeah, I think, I think the fact that there's like a little bit of uh, brotherly love almost, it, it works really well, and it's pretty commendable, honestly. Yeah, it, I mean, it was really cool. Like, we, we took Red Bull uh, this year, the, you know, Adam Seattle's storyline, and we're like, hey, we can't, like, we can't just cover the same three dudes this year. Like, give us some leeway to, to cover Osborne or Seattle's Rulo, and they're like, you know what? These stories are great. You guys you guys do what you do, and, um, and sure enough, like, I mean, look at it, AC – but AC's done, Coop's done again, Kim's done again, Eli. Like it's it's cool being able to have the the ability to to go with the story wherever it takes us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go any further with the Red Bull Moto Spy series, like what's your background? I mean, you're you're a videographer. You've been doing this for a long time. Uh, obviously, uh, Troy Adamitis was you know what he did was amazing, and you kind of wanted to build on that. But where like where did you like how'd you first get behind the camera? So. 
very long story, but I, I started in 02 uh, after I raced Loretta's in C-Class. Um, road and Dirt, uh, a guy, Greg Brotman, used to make like amateur recap videos from the uh, amateur nationals. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even call actually, I wouldn't actually even call it that back then, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I saw it one year after like Loretta's 02, and I was like, and I, I had been shooting video for a long time. I just didn't realize you could edit video on a computer. <laughs> right. So I was like, wait a, wait a second. I can make dirt bike videos and actually put them on the web, inter, interweb, right? So I, uh, I started a, I started a website at the end of O2 called Go Creations, and then, um, shoot, one thing led to another. Man, we O5, we did this uh, huge project for MX Sports called the Redland Sports Center, and that was kind of like a huge catalyst for for my career. We got super involved with Davey and and Carrie and Rita, and they, we started doing all kinds of stuff for the Nationals and Loretta's, uh, which kind of led me into to some Red Bull work. And then uh, me and a couple other guys started a site called Bird Moto, which yep. was the next next launching pad of uh, my career. So I managed to just juggle quite a few uh, things throughout, I don't know, shoot, uh, a decade and a half, I guess, of uh, just chasing the dream, man. It was like doing every, every single thing I could to uh, make ends meet and push to the next goal next level and and i guess here we are right yeah well it's it's uh, i mean obviously it's what you were meant to do because it's fantastic uh when it comes to editing and that kind of stuff or even shooting was that all self-taught pretty much just kind of figuring out where the right spot would be the you know the editing thing like even for my little weekend interviews that i do you know m- basically my idea of editing is cutting the, the clipping the very beginning <laughs> the end when i I'm shutting the camera <laughs> yeah. off, right? Just cutting that out, yeah. and that's my idea of editing. And I, I think I'm something when I can put the Acherby's logo on the screen. That, that's about all <laughs> yeah. I've got. So, like, how do you uh, teach yourself, or do you take some uh, classes? I, well, believe me, if you if you go back to O2 and watch some of my beginning stuff, I don't know that it'd be much better than that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 20 years of experience at yeah. this point, and everybody that works with us. Uh, like Danny Stewart, Will Posey, um, Jason Crane, like all these guys have grown up with me through the verb years. And, um, and we've all kind of learned and taught each other. Um, and we're all kind of like masters of every craft. Like if I need someone else to edit or shoot or whatever, we're all, uh, we're all really good at doing whatever we need to do. We're, we're Swiss army nice, I guess. And I, it just because of the way it had to be like, we grew up making no damn money. You kind of had to know how to do all of it. Right. If you wanted to, actually make a living at it so we have a pretty versatile crew which is freaking awesome yeah and uh but yeah no no i i, I didn't go to college for it at all it's just all self-taught just year by year you just that's slowly learn and i mean i don't know to me that's like even more impressive or in, in, yeah, well yeah thanks uh i don't know it's probably not once if you if you string out how long it probably took to learn it all <laughs> i don't know that maybe it's not <laughs> i've had a long time but uh yeah yeah, it's it's kind of like the audio stuff, you know, with the podcast, you figure out how to do this, this, and this, and how to level this, and run it through this compressor, like, you just slowly learn one thing after another, and then, yeah, you know, you, I'm still you, on you the basics. something you did, <laughs> well, but you, you say that, but I mean, well, go back to a few years ago, and you probably listen to it, you're like, oh my god, that sounds terrible, and now right, you right, that's know true. 20 but, little extra steps to do that, that make it that much better. Well, because I'm not afraid to embarrass myself, I'll tell you, I was, uh, just before you came on, I had Blake McCarthy on the, uh, He's Kyle Cunningham's mechanic, and I couldn't figure out why I only had audio in one headphone. But I went ahead and just did the interview. I could see on the board that I should have, you know, audio in both <laughs> headphones. And once I got done, I realized I didn't have the cable plugged in all the way in the board. 
So, because I'd had the board with me in Dallas this weekend, because I was in, I was in a hotel all week in, for in school. Hotel room, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I took it with me to do my show last week, and when I hooked it up in the studio a little while ago, I didn't plug it in all the way. But I, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's as basic as it gets. But anyway. Um, hey, you should hit, you should hit control off delete, man. It always fixes everything. <laughs> that was my next. Even, yeah, that was the next it, choice. It even doesn't doesn't work on a Mac quite well, but hey, right. you can still try it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so speaking of editing, uh, how do you decide what goes on the editing room floor? Because I can only imagine that you have hours of stuff that people would still love to see, and and will that be ever something that maybe you compile as like you know the the bonus footage. Yeah, the pro- the bonus footage thing is something I think about all the time because there's so much epic stuff. But I, I don't know. I, it's it's like one of those things you got a, a finite amount of time to work with, right? So you're yeah. like, I'm such a fan of the sport, and so is everybody in my group, right? So it's like we know what people will think is interesting, I think, and we know like when it starts feeling too long. Okay. So it's a it's it's definitely a a, a recipe and a strategy. I think we all kind of feel and know and have the intuition for so it's like hearing cooper webb say something you're like oh damn people will really love to hear this shit versus like he might say some other good stuff and obviously you got to pick like what would the person rather hear so yeah. uh because yeah you could definitely make a one cooper webb segment 20 damn minutes long and it'll <laughs> probably be pretty interesting yeah but obviously we're trying to cover like six seven dudes in a uh in a 20 minute time slot so a lot of times it's really really hard to stay within those constraints of uh you know, oh, hey, we only got three minutes for Jet Lawrence. And it's like, what? Like, how the hell am I supposed to tell a story in three damn minutes? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah oftentimes when I'm like, hey, Will, hey, Kyle, or whoever's editing, I'll be like, you know, hey, this can only be, you know, three three to three and a half minutes. And they'll send it to me, and it's five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> beep. Um, you no, know, you're fine. You're fine. Like, this, is supposed, this is supposed to be three and a half minutes. And, uh so yeah, I, I don't know. Again, that's that's why the episodes always run long because we just can't help ourselves. Well, I, I think most most I don't think anybody could say that uh, it's too much of what you've done. Like I said, I'm usually jonesing for more. I, I like to binge watch them, so I try to I try to cool. let two or three of them build up. And and uh, I just recently watched uh, the you know the first two with probably about two weeks ago. Well, when the when the Perfect. second one came out, which was I guess you told me. Or, or I think, yeah, I think, was it you that I saw in the elevator? I can't remember who I, because I see so many people. Somebody told me you guys used the audio from my question at Vegas last year. Oh, yep, yep, we sure did. And yep. uh, I was like, all right, cool, so I'm going to check it out. So I watched the first two, and then, of course, I'm like, shit, now i got to go back and watch, like, the old ones, because I was just in the zone and wanted to hear more. <laughs> um, Dude, you know, it's it's crazy, because, like, I, I went back and watched some of the ones last year, and I was like, man, because like, I remember feeling like, dude, these are so cool, so unique. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know. Then I went and watched like the two that we've done this year, and I was like, "Wow!" I just feel like we really uh, figure out how to push the level somehow, and just uh, the storytelling. Like I, I don't know, our guys chase me like sit and listen to podcasts on podcasts. I don't know how they do it like all day, every day, and that's they go find the too. best story bits. But that's like fully what makes it so much better than last year is because they found like the most in depth quotes that like just fully tell the story so right right to me that that's like really like i don't know um i don't ever find time to sit here and watch a shitload of or listen to a shitload of podcasts because i stay so damn busy on the computer all the time but like when we're putting it together and i hear all the quotes and hear what everybody says i'm like damn this is just really cool that this many people in our sport analyze and dig this deep into like the storylines each yeah. and every week we we definitely have a very unique uh 
fan base and even media crew that like follows this freaking thing, right? Yeah, I definitely love it. Um, the, I guess I'm going to give you my second complaint. It's really just a little bit of being jealous. <laughs> is that all the other podcasts? Pretty much, they get their name on the screen. You know, it's, it's Steve uh, Mathis from the Pulmex Show, and you know the, the Moto X Pod Show hasn't quite made it there yet. Well, hey, we we need to we need to put in the uh, we got to tell Chase Dallo we got to got to add you in then. Yeah, we need to do something. Even when you do do some good bitch racing, like that's what it's all about for me. I'm like, yeah. dude, I pick out the podcast that does the best bench racing. So, like, you know, sometimes some of the other people don't even bench race. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, give us the freaking epic bench racing. Yeah, you know, and I'll be honest, we do skip over that sometimes because you know Mathis does it so much, and that's pretty much all yeah. Daniel Blair does. So I feel yeah. like you know people don't want to hear the same thing constantly. But um, yep. I, I, agree. I was telling TJ like. It, 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 we we maybe yep. need to start doing that just so we can get maybe we can get a clip in one of these Moto Spot. There you go. Because I didn't even, <laughs> dude. You guys used my clip in Vegas, but it didn't even say the Moto X Spot. Well, so I was like, damn it. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is uh, when we were cutting that, I had another angle of your face asking the question, and dude, you like I was about to you're you're gonna have freaking five seconds of screen time, but the problem <laughs> was Cooper's face was like so deadpan when you were asking it, and like. Yeah. The way he kind of blinked and looked down to the left, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you're if you're like a psychoanalyzing it, it was more powerful to see him on screen I would than agree. seeing you ask the question. I would agree. So, but you, hey, you delivered the question great. It yeah. was awesome. I appreciate I appreciate you asking such well, an epic question and getting such an epic response out of him. I actually got a lot of uh, I don't know about a lot. I got some negativity out of that because it was. I'm sure you heard the press conference at A1, and AC kind of responded to it. Um, and, and and then even at the first on TV for A1, they, they used it. And they were using it to hype the battle between AC and Cooper. And As like, we did, too. As yeah, we did but too. The, the, that was never the intention of the question. Like, it never even crossed my mind. It was more, and I've explained this before, it was like to me it was more, my question was the mentality that Cooper maybe had looking ahead to that race and then seeing what happened to AC and if it changed any, you know? Right. And like that was, I, I, I fully get it. It's but, an innocent question. Like, and I, I, I agree with you. Like, holy shit, you got all this pressure on your yeah. shoulders to get this done. And you just saw the last dude freaking crash out. Like you got to be thinking, holy shit, I just yeah. got to hold on. Like, yeah. It's a pretty innocent question that I don't, maybe, maybe Cooper just didn't take right. Or, well, you know, I don't know. I actually talked to Cooper at San Diego. I was like, Hey man, because I didn't get a chance to talk to him A1. Because, first of all, I really felt like AC was pissed about it after the A1 press conference. And then I tried to interview him, and he was very, very short with me, which is not like Adam. And I talked to Vanessa with Kawasaki, and I kind of explained to her what I thought was going on. And she's like, oh, I never thought of it like that. And she said she would talk to him, knowing that, like, that was never my intention. That's not the type of person. I'm not trying to stir the pot. That's just not who I am. And and he was cool with me this weekend. And then I talked to Cooper also at San Diego. I was like, dude, did you think that I was trying to stir the pot? And he was like, no, no, no. So I think they were cool. I just think AC maybe misunderstood. Yeah. But anyway. Either way, dude, like, I, I commend you for asking good <laughs> questions. Like every time I'm filming, like you're, you're like one of the ones, like you always sit right behind me. Yeah. And you're like the first one to ask questions and you ask good shit. Like, I, I you know what? It, who cares? Get lambasted a little bit, and yeah, at least you're asking instead of asking the same old shit. Like, how did you enjoy the track tonight? Like, I try not to shit? do that. Yeah, that's I try to stay <laughs> right. away from. You know, just kind of like Cooksey. Cooksey gets a little. Uh, he gets some fire with his questions, and 
we try to be a little different. You know, I don't try to push the buttons quite as much as Cooksey does, but uh, right. yeah, I appreciate that. But hey, I want to get back to your stuff. Um, uh, so th- on episode two of season four, there's been you know quite a bit of response to the Tyler Keith segment. Um, yep. And with Heart Raft. Uh, do you get any, do you ever get anything, what, like whoever you're filming, whether it be Tyler Keith and KTM or any of the guys to say, well, you know what, we'd rather you not use that footage. Um, like my personal opinion is I didn't think Tyler Keith was being like an asshole. I just thought he was kind of, excuse my language. Sorry. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I thought he was just being like, Hey, realistic, you know, this isn't going where same, we want same to. Same here. Yeah. So same here, dude. I, I didn't think it was bad at all. So do you get though, any of the, like, any of the team uh, managers or upper echelon of the teams ever say, you know what, we'd like you to cut that. Do they see it before it goes live? Yeah, there, there's certain um, there's there's certain teams that will show certain bits too that I might be wary about. Uh, but for the most part, everybody lets us film whatever we want because we built this trust level. Uh, if there's something that does they don't want to shoot, like it's pretty noticeable, like you start getting the eyeballs and like get the hell out of here kind of looks. So you know when to push the envelope and you kind of know when it's okay. So uh, that's definitely a fine balance. And like, if we do ever capture anything, that's kind of, uh, that, that we feel is pushing the boundaries. Yeah. We'll show it to them. And a lot of times it's like, Hey, you know what? That's cool. That's showing the in-depthness of, uh, of all this. Like, you know, even Ken walking in, uh, I think it was episode two at the beginning. He's walking in telling his mechanic, Jordan, how like he was, you know, went through the, you know, quite a depressive state when he got hurt and everything. And like, Nobody's ever heard him use that term before. And, uh, you know, I was worried that they're going to say, hey, we don't want to use this. And, like, it was awesome uh, because they let, let us leave it. And it, and it's hearing a whole different perspective from Ken and how he has taken all this weight off his shoulders uh, that he realized, realizes, like, hey, you know what? Even if I don't ever win again, I'm still a badass and, I, and I've gone through this. And yeah, sure enough, yeah. what, a week later, he freaking won. So uh, <laughs> right. I, think, I think it's cool how it comes full circle like that. And I think a lot of people that are – opening their doors and giving us the access or realizing that, you know, we're not here to bash anybody or make anybody look bad. Like we're trying to do something epic for the sport. So the more access you give us, the better story you allow us to tell. It always comes full circle, right? Like everybody works hard and there's always a payoff moment. So even though like in that Brandon moment, it sucked for Tyler to have to do that when we're around. Like I, I, you know, it it sucks that, you know, they might've had some frustrations that, that came to the head that day that we just have to be shooting. Um, but look, three days later, he freaking went and got his first podium ever and backed it up the next weekend with another podium, like perhaps by a little bit of luck, but dude, two podiums in a row, you can't argue with management style. And like, I don't know. I I worked at a restaurant when I was 16 years old, 16 to 18. And I had my cook manager and the restaurant manager, like be way harder on me than Tyler Keefe was. And I I made six fifty an hour, not, uh, not six figures. So exactly, exactly. Uh, Dude, if, if I'm making that kind of money and I'm sucking, I honestly hope someone's way harder on me. Yeah, I think sometimes these athletes probably need that kind of stuff, you know, and, and uh, seeing that. Again, I don't think, like you guys, nobody could say you guys are like reality TV where you're like trying to force some drama. I mean, you, you caught it. You no, know, we never do. Like, right. I never do that at all. We, yeah. we literally are super fly on the wall. We have dudes mic'd up and like we'll have it, uh, most of the time we'll have an audio uh, guy with us. And I'm getting signal from like everybody that we got mic'd up. So I, I, it's sometimes really hard to discern what's going on because there'll be like three or four people that you're hearing and you're trying to like just isolate, like, like you got to think Tyler Keith's voice, like what's he saying over there? And like, 
I hear him getting like getting into this with Brandon. So I run over there and, you know, I put the camera on it. It's not like I, mm. I tell Tyler, Hey man, you should go have a chat with Brandon right now. It's <laughs> right, like, right, right. no, we just hear it going on, dude. And we, we're just filming what happens that day, like full on legit. We don't plan anything. You well, And I th- again, that's part of the reason it's so good is it is real. You know, we, we hear on these podcasts, we all say we don't like the robots. We don't like the, uh, the secrecy, that we get in this sport. So what you guys are doing is you're showing the real, the real stuff, you know I mean? It's, yeah, uh, you well, know, and I, it, I appreciate that. And the, and the Tyler Keith's deal, like everybody says they don't want robots. Well, Tyler Keith's the first team manager that's willing to wear a freaking mic clip for us and do that with us around. Like there's still bit not a, another team that would do that. I don't think for right. us. So, you know, if we don't want these robots and like, I don't know. It's hard for me to accept people bashing on Tyler because I personally think he does an epic job. Just see that, like, I I hope it doesn't dissuade him from wanting to continue to do it because he's kind of our uh, he's kind of our way to start getting other people to do it, right? Yeah, so if, yeah. If, I think I see that. Yeah, absolutely. If, well, if Tyler backs it down, what's the chances I get it on Ian Harrison or or Oscar at Kawasaki or any of these guys? If if one guy does it and says, "Oh, I don't want to do this anymore." Then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I see where you're going. Sure, with does that. make it harder to push the boundaries. Yeah, I really like the uh, the the clip with Ian talking to Cooper, and I think it was a one about the chip on his shoulder, where they, yeah. were, they were just sitting in the bleachers by themselves, and the camera was a few rows back, and uh, that was really cool. I, you know, I thought it was sort of an intimate, you know, one on one discussion, and uh, yeah, yeah, and say, and same with that. We we had a we had a mic on Cooper. I had no idea Ian was going to be up there with them. Right, I, I, I just. I figured people were going to be coming up and talking to Cooper all day, but like he went over to that little box, sat down, and I was like, "Oh, great, we're not really going to get anything." And then Ian comes and sits down, and they just uh, like, dude, there's 20 minutes of that conversation too. Those, oh, those nice. were just like the coolest. Those were just like the coolest bits to put in there. But like going back to what you said at the beginning, man, people would sit and listen to that 15 minute conversation that we got because yeah, just hearing a team manager and a and a guy of Coop's stature talk about. Every you know, other racers, racecraft, all kinds of stuff. It's really interesting conversation. I agree, man. You guys are doing great. Um, how far out do you guys film these before they're released? So I mean, episode two came out, uh, what two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yep. And so ne- our, our next one comes out, I think, on Thursday. Okay. So um, we didn't do a preseason one last year. So right. We we kind of started at a one last year, uh, but this year we kind of started at the beginning of December. But because of our release schedule, there was like a month and a week before between episode one and two, or maybe even maybe even six weeks. So it felt like a super huge gap. So there was a lot to fit in uh, to that second episode. Yeah. So we we kind of we didn't shoot a shitload in January, just enough to like fill fill what we needed to. But we've been shooting pretty much nonstop, and so there was between now between. Two and three, there was two weeks. Between three and four, there's two weeks, and then we go to like a three week release schedule because the uh, the two the two weeks apart is insane on us. Like we need a crew of yeah, twenty yeah. people putting this together. Yeah. Like it's so gnarly. I can only imagine. Well, Matt Wes, you guys are doing a fantastic job. I hope this thing uh, continues to go and grow, and you know, just be getting Me bigger. Too. And, and, ho- and and hopefully, it helps take our sport to another level. Obviously, everybody yeah. sees the 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 F1 docu- documentary uh, series on, on Netflix. And I, we, we started ours or we, we started doing Moto Spy before that came out. So it was cool to see that come out. And we were able to use that as a reference of like, we would love for our series to get to this point of having this kind of access, this kind of 
discussion, this kind of storyline. So I think as we continue to do it, I think it's great for our sport. It's great for the fans, and hopefully it, it helps us reach new audiences. And personally, I would love to see it on a on a Netflix or Hulu or whatever. So same might be shooting for the stars, but uh, how cool would it be if if we finally landed something like that for not only for for me personally, but for our sport in general. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine how big it could get. Like, if you could get that many eyes on it, that probably oh, don't even unreal. know that this sport exists. You know, <laughs> if they just saw the clip of it and right. checked it out, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, why. dirt bikes are really damn cool. I yeah, think you've noticed think? that. Dirt bikes are freaking cool, yeah. man. Yeah, I appreciate you letting <laughs> me know that. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, did, before I let you go, last question: Did you? There was a lot of. Uh, a lot of carnage this weekend in Arlington. Did you get oh, uh, God, some footage dude. and some backstories, some some stuff to go off of with that? I mean, how? I mean, how yeah. Many, so, good God. So to go you, back to your, the dying. Your last question, like, how far out do we film these? Like, we we kind of know all the way up until shoot Salt Lake City, almost like what we kind of plan on having in each episode. Okay. And what's funny is Dallas and Atlanta are kind of in this lull between episodes that we don't really need that much stuff for. So like. Uh, we were supposed to be following TLD at uh, Dallas or Arlington. And so since they pulled out, obviously Brian's hurt and then Pierce is getting held to Atlanta. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go. There's really no sense of me going to waste my first weekend at home all year since freaking November, I think. So um, I was like, we sent one filmer, Jason Crane. And I was like, you know, let's just send someone just in case, like, whatever. And, like, thank God we did. He got all the carnage. I haven't seen it yet, but he he kept texting me, holy shit, dude, I just got this. Holy shit, dude, I just got this. Holy shit, dude, I got the last, you know, Cooper going down. It's like, whoa, dude. So uh, I'm really excited to go through it. But, yeah, now now we're in the predicament of we already had our next episode built out to uh, 22 minutes or something. And it's like, okay, now we went to the writing board today and yeah. how do we fit in another two or three minutes into this? So now Jeez. we got to cut two or three minutes somewhere else. You probably got 20, 20 minutes of crash footage between Martin Davalos and uh, Jordan Smith alone. All right. And yeah, thank God Coop's okay. I yeah. mean, and thank God Adam's relatively okay. I mean, it could have been, because uh, at, at first, someone there texted me like dude his shoulder and i was like no 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 and then so i don't know when i heard only collarbone it's like Woo. yeah i know i went i was only sport in the world that's like only collarbone yeah. we're good <laughs> yeah yeah i was uh, i just happened to i actually had my eyes on when it happened and you could tell man as soon as he hit the ground he grabbed that that elbow and kind of held it up and i was like oh yeah that's either his yeah. el- either his shoulder popped out again which he's pretty much had fixed uh. or the collarbone broke so yeah, yeah. That, I mean, dude, coming from I, I mean, I've had my shoulder done before too, and I can't imagine if I popped it out again. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, oh, like I would I just AC would have been just heartbroken. <laughs> yes. So I think everybody would have been heartbroken for him too. So yeah. Agreed. Re- glad he's relatively okay, and I do. I'm excited to see what Cooper does this weekend. I mean, obviously for Moto Spy, it's great that he's still technically in the hunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a race down, and I think. Judging on the sport, always everybody always has a throwaway round. So I think, especially Eli, if you look at his track record, he's going to have a throwaway round at some point. Um, Ken's definitely more of a dunge these days, so I, I don't know that you can ever count on him doing worse than a six that he's done this season. But I don't know. I don't think Cooper's, Cooper's out of it. So I don't either. He's a beast. We're going we're gonna to follow that story to uh, all the way to Salt Lake City. Heck yeah! Well, I can't wait for the next episode. 
And uh, man, it means a yeah, lot. Yeah, well, to- you know what? Hey, since you had me on tonight, I'll go. If you, if you want to watch it, I'll go ahead and send. Oh no, you're a binge watcher. We'll wait. You got to wait till three and four come out. <laughs> well, no, no. Send me the. I want. Yeah, you send it to me. <laughs> I'll send it to you right now. And if, if you're okay. still sitting in the hotel room, dude, you got you got no, you got a you got 25 minutes worth of entertainment. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And then you can tell everybody you watch you watched it three days before it came out. I love it. I love it, Wes. Thanks, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Thanks for having me on, dude. Okay, yeah, and I'll, uh will you be in Denver? Denver, yes. I you know okay. what? I'm gonna go to Denver and I'm gonna shoot Supercross. Nice. And then I'm gonna go uh shut down the mountains that week. Uh, oh, I love yeah. snowboarding and the, the fact that I don't ever I motos by a stole in my last two winters. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm it might Perfect. be spring skiing, but if nothing else, like we're doing a supercross in Denver, I'm going, I'm going shredding. Awesome. Well, I'll see you there, and uh, maybe I'll see you at the Pulp live show Friday night. Oh, Friday night before Denver. Is that, are the, is that the next one you're going to? Yes, yes. Dang, so you're missing Atlanta, dude? I am. I've never been to Atlanta, but, man, because I have a, a real wow. job and they only a yep. limited number of vacation days, <laughs> um, gotcha. yep. you know, yep. I, I, I went to this race, and I was, yeah, so... It's uh Atlanta or uh, Denver and Vegas are the only other twos two I'm gonna make gotcha. this year. So where where are you based out of? Uh, East Texas. I'm two hours east of Dallas. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, but anyway, oh, I'll yeah, see you, that, Denver. I mean, sounds good, brother. All right, Wes. Thanks, thanks, man. For me on, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. I'll text you right now. A link. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, bud. All right, later, man. See, see ya. ya. Wes Williams, Moto Spy Show, Red Bull. Uh, you guys, if you haven't watched these, I, I don't even, I can't imagine that anybody that listens to the show has not watched them. They are fantastic. Go check it out, uh, YouTube or on Red Bull TV. All right, another commercial break. We'll be back with uh, Brent Duffy. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. 
Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Right, we are back again, and uh, to, the next guest is brought to you by Cherubis. For decades, Cherubis has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherubis has what you need. So visit CherubisUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440. And as for Brian, let him know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, Cherubis brings us Honda HRC mechanic for Justin Brayton, Brent Duffy. What's up, dude? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. Um, doing good. Really excited to talk to you. I wish uh, your rider had had a little better weekend this w- last weekend so we could talk about that. But, man, uh, very uncharacteristic of JB to have so many crashes. Man, that's right. I've been, I've been with him since the end of 2015, and I think I've seen him crash more last weekend than he did for every year leading up to this. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, I, I think that track was quite deceiving as far as traction goes. And then the whoops yeah. were just gnarly, and and sometimes you just have a bad night. Yeah, I mean it's kind of ironic. A lot of people had a bad day and a bad night, and you know there's definitely something to the track, I think. But I I wasn't out there, so I can't really tell you exactly yeah. what it was. Well, let's talk about you, man. Um, first of all, you're working for, in my opinion, what's what probably the premier team as far as technology R and D. Uh, things like that. Uh, what, what's it? Resources. Talk a little bit about working for Factory Honda. Yeah, it's uh, obviously that's a dream job, right? Like, uh, I got paired with Justin at the end of 2015. I was just wrenching on the Traders team, a privateer team, and then we right. went to BTO, and uh, I was just all of a sudden like 
teetering, do I want to be a race mechanic or do I not want to do this anymore? And then I got the job with JV. And from there, I've been introduced to like this whole new level of, of racing. So it's cool. Like, you know, from going working out of a semi in 2016 to now we're at the top level and actually seeing the real differences from privateers to maybe factory supported teams. Yeah. And now in a full factory team, it's just, it's still pretty mind blowing. Well, kind of tell us, you know, what those, some of those differences are, the ones you can, you know, I mean, you, you've worked for, you said traders, I think with Tony Archer, uh, you were a cycle yeah. trader with Justin Brayton at one time. Uh, you, you worked for Brock Sellards, Gavin Faith, uh, you know, so what's it like going from a, you know, a privateer type team and then now having probably almost any resource you could ever want as far as a mechanic, I would think it's amazing, but it, when you think it, yeah. maybe some of those other teams, you know, it's, it's probably not unfair, but it's unfortunate that those other teams don't have those resources. Yeah, it's, it does really, all the questions I've always wondered my whole life to, to get them answered here, like the amount of resources they truly have, it's, it's pretty incredible. We can do so much and do everything to ensure that, you know, no failures every weekend, so much stuff gets replaced, bikes mandatory, come all the way down to the frame every weekend and uh, built back up with a lot of new parts and, you know, thoroughly clean and inspect everything. It's cool now we've got, you know, we've had help from Showa for years, but to have a, you know, a dedicated guy that he flies to the races just for us every weekend, you don't ever question anything about suspension. We've got engine guys and like a whole team of engine guys, uh, three people in the motor department and it's two riders on our team. So it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome having so much available for two guys. So does, does that create a lot more, I, I would think in situations there's a lot more pressure, but also sometimes maybe a lot less pressure because you do have all the other resources. Yeah. It's a lot less pressure. It's, you know, you kind of, you don't, I don't feel the pressure of, you know, 20 people on, on staff at a race. I, I feel the support of everyone. Nice. Which I've always thought it looks like a high pressure environment. You know, there's, so many people looking over you, asking everything, double checking what you do, like visually, you know. Right. And it's actually nice because everyone's on your side. It's not like they're watching, waiting for a mistake. Everyone's just working together, so it's awesome. Oh, I like that. Um, and just so you know, I've been a Honda guy since '93. Uh, I graduated high school in '93. Bought my own motorcycle with my own money, CR250. Um, nice. so being a fan and a supporter of Honda for so long, if you would just slowly start grabbing a piece here, a piece there to the point where at some point I have a full 2020 CRF 450, that'd be greatly appreciated because I'm riding, a yeah, I'm riding a 15 fine. right now. <laughs> so it may have to be a factory 450. I hope that's all right for you. Yeah, I could live with that. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't need any more horsepower. I, I've, I, yeah, I, I have already ran out of talent way too many times. Um, yeah, bikes are so good nowadays. <laughs> you don't really need like a normal person doesn't need a factory bike. Oh, absolutely man, not. Dream of riding them. Absolutely not. Um, so again with Honda, um, a lot of great, uh, you know, coworkers, and you got Ken Roxon, who's obviously considered one of the favorites in the title contention. Um, just talk about like when you guys get a race win uh, with Kenny and, and you know Brayton uh, at Daytona. Um, what's that like for the team? You know, I mean, it's expected almost for Honda to win, but I still, there's still got to be just an amazing moment. You know, I mean, I think Berluti was with him when he won at Daytona, though. That was, was that, uh, that was, uh, MCR, that was, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was 2018. Yeah, Berluti, yeah. I was still doing all the all the practice stuff week to week. Right. But Berluti was helping that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was still there. I was staying in track side <laughs> when he came off. But no, it's you know every time a team gets a win, especially in the premier class, uh, I've been a, a part of it at, at Honda now for the two wins of Kansas here. It's everyone's happy and excited, but really the uh, it's kind of like. All right, that's what we came in to do. Yeah, Good okay. job, everyone. And let's get back to it. Don't get ahead of yourselves. And, you know, it's just always, it's a good feeling. Everyone on the team loves it, but it's not like a <laughs> – I've seen the TLB team used to go off in the past and have a have a big party and a keg after every main event win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there's different ideas of how, you know, the celebration. But I kind of – that's interesting that you guys – like it's, it's the job. That's what you're expected to do. Um, that's cool though. I like that. I mean, uh, you know, now championship, I'm sure if championship comes this year, things will be a little different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, they don't, they don't really talk championship right now, but obviously everyone is focused on points and mm-hmm. it's cool. Even though, you know, JB's out of championship contention, we're still fighting for the races every weekend. And it's, it's cool to, to be a part of watching Ken come back the, the way he has. It's, pretty incredible oh uh totally totally agree um just talk about justin brayton you, you, again you've you've been with him for a long time um what's the bond like why uh why do you guys connect so well what what works well together i don't know uh him and i are both from iowa we never knew each other growing up but when we started working together that's when we first met and uh we've got a lot of mutual friends from growing up and wow uh, you know i guess we, we had that connection and mm-hmm. then we instantly went to Europe, went and did a few rounds, and then uh, had a good year in 2016. And then from going to Australia, we spent so much time together, me, him, and his family. It's it's fun working for a guy like that. He makes it he makes it really fun, and it's a reason why I stuck with him and not pursued other jobs. Yeah, I I I could see that. He's he's definitely um, uh, you know, he's pretty calm and pretty you know focused, but. I, I see. I could see Justin being a guy that would be enjoyable to work with. Probably not too demanding. Maybe uh, how how uh how, yeah he knows what he wants. Yeah, like, that's uh, what I was gonna ask. Yeah, he, yeah, he he knows what he wants in a setup and an overall like feel of the motorcycle, and it's easy to know. Like I figured out, I figured out how to work with him, and I figured out his style and you know uh, how to keep him happy with the bike and on the bike. He doesn't take basically just do your job and as long as you're doing your job and doing it right he's 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 a picky guy but he's not like oh this is a millimeter off this is like he just as long as everything's right he's happy with the motorcycle and i've been able to do that for five years so i'm pretty pumped on that uh yeah you should be man um (laughs) that and speaking of we were just talking about you know obviously factory honda you know at san diego when i walked into the uh the pit to talk to you you're, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but you have a guy that's basically like your security, and you told me, "Yeah, I got to be careful before w- just walking into the pits." Why is Honda? Why? Why is Honda so uh, so uh, security? Why is there so much so strong security? All the other teams, I just walk in, and everybody's like, "What's up?" Yeah, so I, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. I feel like not being a part of the program until this year. I kind of always looked at the outside, like that's Honda. That's the elite that's yeah i don't know where you feel like you can't just walk into the pits and now that i'm part of the team like everyone's so laid back i don't i don't really see why more people don't duck under the chains and come in and 
because everyone on the team is so relaxed, but it's nice to have that where everyone feels like they can just walk into a pit area. It, it kind of keeps things <laughs> well, a calmer on race day. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I, I've said for, you know, I've only been doing this, I guess it's my third full year, and uh, Mandy scares me. I know she's really yeah. nice, but she she runs a tight ship, and I've told her, like, I'm still a little bit scared of her. <laughs> yeah, she definitely keeps everyone in check. Uh, she, she does a really good job at what she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she she's cool, though. Um, so you also worked with – you did the Australia Series with uh, JB2, correct? Yep, I've, I've been to Australia with Justin every year. Do you like? Well, I, I mean, clearly, years now. clearly, you must like it. But what what's uh, cool about going to Australia? What's special about that series besides the fact yeah, that he keeps I, winning? Yeah, that's always fun too. But no, I love Australia. Uh, like I, I love it to the point where I've I'm heavily thinking about uh, when he hangs it up. Maybe I'll I'll go down there and try life for a few years. It's, oh, really? It's awesome down there. Yeah, it's it's a really cool country. Uh, we get to go all over the world. Uh, Justin does a lot of overseas races yeah. and every time we go to Australia, I love it down there. It's, that's also our longest trip. We're there for two to three months, but we can speak the language. I like <laughs> so it. It's yeah. really easy to, to fit in. It's definitely yeah. a place that's on my bucket list. And I, I just had Blake McCarthy on a little while ago. Uh, and, you know, he's from Australia, obviously. And, and I was asking him, it just seems like everybody that I ever meet from Australia, uh, is so like laid back and friendly. Yeah. <laughs> as they say, they're cruisy. Oh, Everyone yeah. down there is just cruisy as mate. They're it's so awesome. Uh, it's a good spot for me. And obviously winning down there does help. It's, it's pretty fun uh, sure. going to every race. Like he's definitely a lot of rounds. He's the fastest, but this year we had a lot of competition with Luke clout. So, and that shows the way his results this year. It's fast down there. He doesn't go down and just clean up. We got to race for it. He's got to earn it. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fun down there. It's a good warm up to the series. And this year, it's it was our toughest one yet. Yeah, definitely. It came down. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I was following it, and Mathis talked about it a lot. Um, but yeah, that that was uh that was a tight tight race, but that makes it exciting. You don't want. I don't think. I don't know. I guess it, if you just run away with the championship, it kind of feels good, but. I like that excitement of it being close. Yeah, definitely. It's it's fun. I can uh the way he he wins a lot down in Australia and he's so fast, it's you kinda get the feeling that maybe Carmichael and James would get. Like if they <laughs> right, right. don't win. Yeah, if they don't win, what happened? Not you know, oh you should be happy with a third. That's a podium, that's awesome. But Makes you know, sense. you're going after wins. So it's like a lot it. different going down there and racing for wins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's cool, man. I'm glad you're getting to enjoy that. Um, let's talk about you racing a little bit. Uh, you've done some racing. Uh, you've been to Loretta's. I, I saw results for one year in like a plus 25, I think. Yeah, uh, when I I grew up racing from like when I was nine till about know, 21, maybe. Yeah. And then hung it up, got into wrenching for a while. And when I turned 25, I said, I'm going to buy a bike again and go to Loretta's. And I did. I got, I don't know, 20 something overall. Uh, but it was pretty fun to just reignite that the love for riding. So since 2012, I've always had a bike, but I don't really ride too often. But right now, I've got a really nice 2005 CR250. So I ride that thing over here at Club MX whenever I get a chance. There you go. Yeah, I was gonna wonder if you wonder if you they allowed you to go race any, or you know if there was any restrictions on that. Yeah, I 
I don't know about if I if I could be riding right now. I haven't. Right. I, my bike's sitting here staring at me every day. I'm like, man, it's been really good conditions, but <laughs> I really like going to the races too. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, man. I, I'm uh, I've been kind of contemplating like getting back on the bike or not getting back on the bike because my crash recently kind of scared me a little bit. But I think uh, not this weekend, but next. It'll be my, I'll finally be back on one. I, I just I right. need it, man. I'm I'm dying to get back on. Yeah, a little throttle therapy is fun. I got a CRF 110, so oh, there you I go. ride around the yeah, I ride around here at Club MX and just basically do wheelies all day. <laughs> That's about the safest thing I can do. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, you got any good uh, mechanicing travel stories? Anything that you could tell in the air that would be uh, funny? Anything that's happened uh, traveling with mm-hmm. forks and getting you know the the airline trying to figure out what the hell's uh, in the case? Anything like that? Nothing. Well, okay, random story yeah. off the top of my head. We were down in Australia going from like Melbourne to possibly Adelaide, and it was the whole Penrite Honda team. So there was yep. 15 of us, and we go to check in for our flight, and it's you know nine in the morning, and the lady's like, I'm so sorry, but this flight's for next weekend. We're like, uh-oh, <laughs> not good. So <laughs> so right there on the spot, we had to call Uri. Hey, we <laughs> we need to spend a lot of money right now. And, okay, go ahead. So we had to buy 10 round trip tickets right there at the airport <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i bet they were they yeah. love that but geez, yeah <laughs> who did the booking on that situation i wonder uh, yeah yeah you had a travel person helping us out that time and definitely just hit the wrong date <laughs> yeah crazy wow and uh, yeah there's probably a moment where you're like oh crap we're not gonna make the race yeah we we're all kind of laughing at it like well i know we're getting to the race it's gonna cost someone a little bit of money yeah well, Duffy, man, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on for a little bit, and um, look forward to the next race. I'll be at Denver, so it'll be a little bit. But um, nice, yeah. Hopefully, it's not snowing there. Yeah, well, I, I was just talking to uh, Wes Williams with Red Bull Motorspy, and he actually hopes the opposite because he wants to go snowboard. Um, but yeah, last <laughs> year that was actually for me as a as a spectator and sitting in the press box. I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I flew in early, and I just went to watch the race. And, yeah. Uh, and I flew in early and went and rode snow bikes up and down. Oh, how rad was that? Uh, it was awesome. Me and Big Wave Dave, the Husky truck driver. Yeah. Yeah, we went riding. My my buddy owns a, a rental company up there with a couple snow bikes, and that was pretty epic. So oh, I bet. I'm going to try to do it again this year. Oh, so cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Duffy, man, thanks for uh, taking some time for us tonight, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Anytime, and we'll we'll talk to you soon, bud. Right on. See you later. Right, see ya. Right, Brent Duffy, Factory Honda. Um, yeah, what a gig, dude. I think, I, I, dude, how awesome would it be, unless you're how, how awesome would it be to work for Factory Honda? Oh, I'm a little jealous. Okay, guys, we are going to wrap this thing up. Um, great night. Thanks to Blake McCarthy, Wes Williams, Brent Duffy. Want to thank a Cherubis X Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing. Powerband Racing, Williams Moto Works, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors. Again, stay tuned for upcoming giveaways. Fly Racing next weekend. Let me know what we could do better to make some of these giveaways go. And if you guys are still listening, I want to give that blood lubricant oils, oil line away. I've got a, a bottle of blood lubricants and some uh, PolyClean that we tried to give away on Instagram, and nobody responded, as I said earlier. So let's do this. Um, just... Shit, I, I, need it, I need it on Instagram. I want you guys to follow Blood Lubricants. So post a pic of your bike, 
tag blood lubricants, tag it at Moto X Pod Show, and we'll give somebody some oil away. I'm gonna try this thing again. Uh, I mean, come on, why wouldn't you want something free? So let's do that. We'll give it away next week. Tag a pic, post a picture of your bikes. Tag blood lubricants. Tag Moto X Pod Show. We'll pick a random winner. Come on, guys, support the show, support the sponsors. Let's do it. Other than that, we will talk to you guys next week. We're out of here.